You are listening to Mark Hatmaker Rough and Tumble Raconteur. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration, let's call it hero worship, for these hosses of yore. Crew, this is Mark Hatmaker coming to you from the Comancheria. Today, let's talk Apache running. It's a fun day. I mean, you you like training, you like badasses, you like history, you like self-test. Well, here you go. Of the many Native American tribes of the Southwest, United States, and Mexico, the various bands of Apache carry reputation, fierceness, resourcefulness, and an almost superhuman stamina. Uh, Well, the name Apache itself is perhaps a misnomer as it refers to several different tribes that are loosely and collectively referred to as Apache, which is actually a variant of a Zuni word, Apachu, uh, uh, that this Pueblo tribe applied to the collective bands. Apachu in Zuni translates roughly to enemy, which is a telling detail that shines a light on the warrior nature of these collective tribes. All right. Now, among the various Apache tribes, you'll find the, uh, uh, the, the Kiowa, Mescalero, Hikorio, uh, Shirakawa, or if they were shortened with some of the te- Tejanos called them cherry cows, as uh, the early settlers called them, and the Lipan, uh, the, or Lipan or Lipan or Lipan, depends on who you're listening to. These bands sustained themselves by conducting raids in the various settled Pueblo tribes, Mexican villages, the encroaching American settlers. Now, these American settlers were often immigrants of all nationalities with a strong contingent of German, Polish, and quite a smattering of French. Uh, tales of Apache fierceness so captivated the collective French mind that Parisian gangsters in France at the time received the nickname Apache. And there's uh, a good deal on this uh, Parisian fighting called uh, Apache fighting. We're going to cover this on another day. I actually hit into some black box volumes so we can actually show some of the wild-ass uh, tactics. But again, we'll stick with, stick with our history right here in the, uh, the actual Apache tribes. Now, many of the legendary Native uh, American warriors of these days were members of the various Apache tribes. Names renowned as Cochise, Nana, Victoria. Yoha, uh, Geronimo, then unusual for many Indian tribes is the fact that women were often warriors as well. And there are many, many tales of their distant exploits, particularly those of the fierce Lozen, who was the sister of Victoria. Now, admittedly, this history of guerrilla warfare by the Apaches and the long fight by the U.S. government to stamp out these raids is indeed violent, almost shockingly so, but we must not forget a bit of context. And even the men charged with capturing and defeating the Apache, esteemed warriors themselves, men such as Generals Nelson Miles and George Crook, had more than a begrudging respect for the Apache tactics and were more sympathetic to the causes of the aggression than history usually reports. Now, if we leave behind the causes, real or surmise, of the violence on both sides and move on to how the Apache forged their warriors, both male and female, from an early age, we may find more than a few intriguing ideas to add to our own training. So, again, history you can use. Actual recreation or recreation, however you want to pronounce it, it's it's fun to do, and also you uh, you get a little taste of this. Today, let's focus on one facet of Apache ruggedness, their astounding stamina, in particular their ability to run long distances in harsh terrain, blistering heat, no water stations, and without scientifically engineered footwear. The Apache were noted for uh, many unusual tactics to build endurance, including an automotivation, including cold water training, but we'll save that for another day. 
Now, the Apaches, like other warrior cultures, the Spartans come to mind, started warrior training early with a series of games, which were always uh, with one idea in mind, to, to survive either against the, the enemy of the elements or the actual enemies uh, that uh, abounded. Now, even a cursory look at Apache games for the young reveals most of the games seem to be no more than preparation for ruggedness, stalking, concealment practice, and ambush-oriented skills. Running was a huge part of this training, and there are numerous games or motivational tactics used to keep this push uh, for stamina fresh. First, when we say long-distance running, keep in mind we're not talking 10Ks and the occasional marathon. The Apache, like the present-day Tatahumara tribe profiled in Christopher McDougall's book Born to Run, were a running culture. The difference between the tribe tribes is that the Apache were using running to build warriors who could do what a horse was not able to do in a punishing terrain and climate. So the Apaches were more emphasis on the, the running than the Comanche everywhere, which clearly uh, was a horse culture. I mean, they're, they're, what they're, they're, their abilities with uh, uh, the, the, the horse is just vaunted and everyone loved it. That's why they were the lords of the southern plains. Back to the Apache. There were several military reports from various forts and outposts of the territory. At that time, they record Apache scouts and or hostiles traveling as much as 70 miles in a single day. Now, keep in mind, these reports of distance are not outliers, but commonly reported occurrences from military observers. Apache children, boys and girls, were conditioned to run hard and long, not so much by increasing distances, but by increasing the hardship of a given distance. Hill scrambles for bragging rights were often used, and by hill we mean rocky, scree-ridden escarpments that call for lots of quadrupedal scrambles to make it to the top and then make it back down with all the speed one dares. Now let's focus on one unusual method of increasing hardship that is both a combat utilitarian purpose and an anaerobic training capacity, uh, and a little bit more than an F with your head component to it. Uh, and we'll, we'll leave off the actual way some of the running was done, because there's actually unusual strides and loping uh, that was used to make this a bit more conducive uh, to long runs in this harsh environment. And it looks nothing like what we commonly see from people who commonly put in 10Ks. But that's back to one of these uh, uh, the Apache methods was called the mouthful of water run. Now, the Apache tribes primarily resided in harsh terrain where access to water was scarce. Now, one might travel for miles and miles with no access to water to discipline children for both running with intent and to have a water resource that was really, really needed, not merely sipped for convenience or whim's sake. I mean, take that to heart, you camelbackers out there. The Apache women, for who more often than not directed this skill, would give each child one sip of water, which they were not to swallow. They were then sent on their run, long distance or hill scramble or stalking run, whatever the focus of the Day was, but the child was instructed, do not swallow the water. Now, at the end of that day's drill, the child was to spit the water out in front of the trainer, and woe to those who failed. Now, in my own experiments with this tactic, I find the following. Mucus production goes into overdrive as a superhydrated pharynx seeks to clear mucus somewhere, and that somewhere is the face. So you can hold the water, but that nose will run. Now, the urge to swallow hits way way earlier than I expected, at least for me. Maybe your uh, your mileage may vary on how you feel about this, but I'm talking a quarter mile in. I'm already going, I'd really love to swallow this water right now. And next, also, pace becomes affected by about uh, a rough estimate of 20% as the ability to smoothly mouth-breathe oxygen is no longer an option. You've got to learn to moderate pace in relation to this reduced oxygen intake. Uh, there's nose breathing only and a nose that is partially filled with mucus at that. So in a sense, you can skip your training mass. This works beautifully. It's cheaper and uh, uh, it may not be as pretty when the mucus goes, but something you can just do easily. 
Now, in flat or mere distance running, one can become acclimatized uh, to this with a little bit of work. I'd say inside a week, it got more and more used to how to work this way. Hill scramble, sprint work, and working under load seem to suffer the most. With that said, I'm going to offer you a few of the following drills that you uh, allow you to apply this fascinating conditioning tactic without ever really approaching the hardcore cultural immersion that gave birth. By all means, you can take you can use these as I'm giving them to you or mix and match them or you know, come up with your own. In each of these versions of Apache running, or it is understood that you will take one one big mouthful of water and hold it until the given task is complete. Drill one, the miler. Now, I suggest using the standard mile run as the starter for use of this uh, technique to get your mind wrapped around how you'll respond to the restricted nature of breathing. Hit your fastest mile, and if at any point you feel the urge to swallow or spit, drop the pace back until you can regain control. I mean, because this does play with your head if you get to a point where you feel like you want to gasp and gulp, all right? Uh, the next is just the 5K. The same as above with the 5K or straight three-mile distance run. You can also try this with intervals. Let's say hit a series of, let's say, 10, 50-yard sprints with your best being your, uh, your rest being your walk back. Keep the water in the mouth until after all 10 sprints are completed. You can also try the drill we call the four-wheeler, which is often you'll find a steep hill, the one that requires a bit of uh, four-footed climbing. At least get the hands-on terrain portions of the scramble. Scramble up and down that hill as quickly as possible. And you can also try an under-load uh, uh, travel. And grab a sandbag. 20 to 30 pounds will usually do it and hit a two-mile run or trot or something. All these are the same protocol of mine, keeping uh, that water in mind. Or if you're still somewhat of a, of a box person and CrossFitter, so, you know, that's the kind of thing, the training that I personally no longer do. But if you're that way, you want to skip the running, try a circuit. Run a standard box-style circuit with the Apache Mouthful Protocol. An example, you can try perhaps power cleans. We'll put that weight at 135, 115, and 95, depending on your skill level. 135, let's say, for Haas is 115 for intermediate, 95 for those beginners. And we'll do a couple of that with pull-ups. So back and forth, cycle back and forth between the power cleans and pull-ups, and we'll put those repetitions at 15, 12, 9, 6, and 3. Now, once you have your first one or two experiences with Apache running, you'll discover for yourself if you gain any aerobic or anaerobic benefits, I'll let the training mask, uh, using this empirical, I mean, the, the efficacy results with that piece of equipment are all over the place when we're talking about the training mask there. But with the mouthful of water run, there, there is no expense involved. So if you find out the, the training mask is all bogus, at least you know the water is nothing. And at the very least, you'll build discipline with the uncomfortable nature of this tactic, while at the same time, perhaps forging a cross-historical bond with recreation and what was used by some of those resolute warriors on the planet, a lot of the fact that you know you got a mouthful of water, there's your reward at the end of it. Again, if you're interested in this sort of thing, continue on, like, subscribe, support this podcast, Mark Hatmaker, the Rough and Tumble Racking Tour. Have a look at our website, extremeselfprotection.com. Uh, you can sign up for a free newsletter there. Take a look at the Indigenous Ability blog. I'll link all this in the show notes there. As, uh, and if you enjoyed what's going on there, like, subscribe, share, and jump into the lifestyle. Give it a shot and grab some of our training products, or at least uh, thanks for your ears on, guys. Take care of yourselves. Well, if you dig what we just discussed today, uh, I'd like to invite you to like and subscribe to the podcast. Hell, support it if you want. I'm not your dad. Do what you want. And if you're a glutton for punishment, uh, just visit our website, extremeselfprotection.com. You'll find links to the blog, all of our products, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more pages of like musics. Mm-hmm.